Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi, friend. I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I wanna help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus, while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with Him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. I have a first for you today, friend. I am so excited about this. You know, I, we often say nothing grows inside a comfort zone. And so I'm getting outside of my comfort zone today. We've got a male guest on our show for the very first time. And I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Bob Wheatley. Um, even in the whole, we were chatting a little before we started recording and he's like, yeah, I know you probably don't really answer to most people. And as you guys know, I'm very, I just try to follow the spirit, right? And we've connected a couple times on Instagram and I felt like, yeah, let's do it. And so I am so excited, Bob. I want to introduce you to my girls. Although there are some men who do listen to this. I've received a few emails. They're like, hey, I know your podcast is for women, but I'm a dude and I totally relate. So say hello to everybody. And um, yeah, let's, if you want to kind of give that first, who are you? You know that, like, who are you? Introduce yourself. Totally. Well, it is such an honor to be the first. I didn't even, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said for you to give me that opportunity, but yeah, it's obviously been great connecting with you and just hearing more about your story, your heart for the Lord, things like that. So I'm grateful again, uh, maybe I just got lucky or you were just in a giving mood, but this is, this has been really, really nice for me. Uh, as far as my, my background, I grew up in the church. I went to Christian middle school, Christian high school. I would have told you that I was a believer for a long time. But looking back on it, I can honestly say, I don't think I was a Christian until I was 25, baptized at 12, Christian at 25. Because if Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Why do you call me Lord and not keep my commandments? That was me. Uh, I was a lifelong athlete. That was very much my God. That was the mission. That's what I was driving towards. And I would have told you I was a Christian because I'm praying before meals. I'm praying before I go to bed. I'm going to a Christian school. Like I literally have a cross on my back. It's not my name. It's the cross. Like, hey, we're playing for God. But I really wasn't. And so fortunately and unfortunately, I saw a lot of success in the world of athletics. I ended up going to USC, uh, University of Southern California on a baseball scholarship. That was my dream school. My parents had met there. Grew up going to football games. The whole deal is like, wow, this is, this is awesome. So I'm working towards a goal and achieve it. And then I was, I was a good baseball player, not a great baseball player. Like I was never all conference or all world, anything like that. I ended up getting drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. I was number 774 overall. It's a 26 round draft pick. They paid me a thousand dollars and gave me a plane ticket. So I was far from, Oh man, this guy's Babe Ruth. So 
I go play professional baseball for a couple of years, but again, that's just another milestone where as I'm 20, 22, 24, I see these goals being accomplished and I'm under the banner of, Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. So like the, the God box is checked now that that is checked. I'm just not going to talk to it besides before meals, before bed and on Sundays, I'm going to chase my dream of getting to the big leagues. And so that was my entire focus. And it was a really dangerous place, I think, because I don't know if I was saved, honestly. And God, I mean, God is totally sovereign. Like he knew it was going to happen. He knew I was going to come back to him and we were going to write this ship. But at that time, I mean, you shall have no other gods before me. Baseball, the dream, uh, selfish ambition, it was all tugging me away from him. Oh man, I so relate. So obviously mine's not baseball, but it was business. Yeah. It was business and it was totally that. And so, um, yeah, as I just learned more about your story and checked out your website and all the things I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, again, we, that's why it's the first commandment, right? Because there's so many things that become our idols that become, I know I, I grew up same as you in a Christian home thought I got, I was actually baptized at four by choice. You You, know, I, that's a whole other, yeah, I beat you. Um, although, right. Did I really know, you know, I, I wrestled with that too. I think one come to me, little children, like the innocence of a child, you know, there, I don't think there was shame in that. However, did I really understand? And so I think, you know, as children, we understand to the extent of what we understand. And so I think God honors that. And I love that you said, you're not even sure. Um, you know, I love that you know, we, to be, for Jesus to be our Lord and savior. And I feel like mm-hmm. as I've grown older in my relationship with him, man, I wanted him, my, he was my savior, my whole, you know, like right my whole life, but was he my Lord? And that's a totally different concept. So, so you're chasing the dream. All right. You've got this life that looks like, man, Bob's, Bob's made it right. He's in the, he's playing baseball. He's living the dream, all the things. Tell us where, where things shifted, where things changed. Yeah, it was really, I believe, the beginning of my walk with the Lord. I was really convicted about, I mean, I I ended up reading a a book. And of course, it's just, if you look at any Christian book, what is it? It's just a paraphrase of scripture. Hey, I'm reminding you what the good book, what the Bible says. So that verse, why do you call me Lord and not keep my commandments? It's like, whoa, Mm. I'm totally doing that. So I was convicted about sin in a, a number of areas in my life and officially, as the guy who was baptized at 12, felt like he was a Christian for a decade plus, officially gave my life over to God. And the fruit was there. It wasn't just lip service. It was, okay, you are my Lord. I am the servant. It's a yes on the front end. Whatever you say, like, I'm just going to pick up, uh, open your book, read what it says and do it. No matter how uncomfortable, how inconvenient, it's a yes, because that is the servant Lord relationship. So I started doing that for the first time and then it, it was wild. All those things that I had dreamed of my future, uh, including baseball. Uh, I, it's, it's funny that you talk about business. Like I was a business major at school. I was running a protein bar business while I played in the minor leagues. So I'm, I'm doing baseball full time, but then I'm also running a side hustle business from the buses of the minor leagues. Like I just have my little hotspot there. People are playing cards or scrolling Instagram and I'm working with Amazon and third party fulfillment centers to get my protein bar shipped all over the country. Like that was plan one a or plan one B once baseball was done, I step right into that protein bar business. 
and I had a, a relationship, an awesome relationship that was, you know, sev- several years in the making. I hand my love, life over to God. And then the baseball dream ended. I go back home to California. It's clear the writing's on the wall. The business is failing. Like we, it was a good, not great thing to where we just had to make a major pivot, blow it up, rebuild it. And it would have cost a lot of time or money. And I didn't really have either of those things. And then this relationship that was several years in the making that ended abruptly in a really painful way. So it's like, give my life over to God, boom, boom, boom. And then it is just a clean slate. Like the entire vision for my future, the dream, the business, the girl, I had none of it. So I was heartbroken, but extremely available. So that's when I handed my life over to God and really started listening for the first time. Lord, what do you have for me? Yeah. And so I don't know about you, but I'm sure, and we'll get into a little bit of your book and the stories and how that has really impacted your life. For me and my healing process and my healing journey of what I refer to as the losing it all phase, right? Um, you know, I've always asked God, I don't want, I don't want the story to be about me. I don't want it to be, you know, but really like help me paraphrase this in a way that is pointing people to you or that's not like me bleeding all over people because those things are all really painful, right? You worked your whole life through the baseball and then the all the things, right? But anyways, this is the phrase he gave me. And I, when I was looking, you know, just learning more about you and your story, I was like, oh, this is it. You know, we had to lose it all to find Jesus's all. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you had this clean blank slate and you're like, well, here we are, Lord. You know, they say the rock bottom. It's like that rock bottom when you really, but that gets you to the rock, like Jesus, the rock. All right. So tell, tell us, and you know, again, from, from now, cause you're several years removed from that. Um, and so it's like, okay, right. You're here. But tell us a little bit about that journey of the, the wrestling with and the, the healing and the, oh my goodness, all this now, nothing. Cause I think that's the meat where a lot of good stuff is, um, is birthed in that season. Yeah. I think when you tell the story of, oh, I gave my life over to God and then X, Y, Z happened. Usually when we envision that prayer, it's, like it's a lot more composed <laughs> than it really was. It's like, oh, well, that that's a wise decision where, of course, you hand your life over to God because that's what a Christian would do. And, you know, then tell us what happened next. For me, it, it was a mess. Like I, I was heartbroken three times over. It was a like a sloppy prayer. I didn't even you don't even really know what you're doing in those moments. It's like, God, here's everything. And you expect tomorrow to be totally different. And it's usually not because God's on a totally different timeline totally different agenda. You know, if I lose the dream, the business, the girl, I want those things like gift wrapped for me and on my front doorstep tomorrow. Whereas God is like, okay, I could do that, but I'm going to teach you how to forgive. Mm. I'm going to teach you how to love me. I'm going to teach you how to serve well, like just things that I'll actually take with me to heaven I think about Romans 8, 28, because we talk about that a lot when bad things happen. Oh, no, no, no. Like, remember, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who are, love him and who are called according to his purpose. It's kind of like the biblical Band-Aid. And Romans eight twenty nine tells us what that verse is really about. Romans eight twenty nine says, dot, 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 that we might be conformed to the character of Christ, the firstborn of many brethren. Like, that's the that's the end of that story. God's causing this to work out for your good so that you can be more like Christ. Yes. So if you lose the 
the job, if you get passed up for the promotion, whatever it is, I think if somebody's giving you counsel saying like, Oh, like God's going to redeem it. God's going to bring this back. Like you'll, you'll get the next promotion or whatever. Maybe, maybe not though. Like we, we just need to remember the guy that wrote that verse, Paul Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things. He had his head cut off. Mm-hmm. Like did, was God causing that to work out for Paul's good? Like that verse still stands true for him because day by day and Paul, Paul suffered more than anyone listening to this. Like it's just a litany of things and probably one of the most Christ-like people to ever walk the earth. God was constantly causing things to work out for his good so that he could be conformed to Christ's character. So it's just a total heart change. Like, all right, Lord, here's my life. Here's my agenda. I'm yours. Help me to get on your wavelength. Yeah, and so things good. have totally changed since then. Totally. So, where? Tell us a little bit about where are you now. So, yeah, I mean, all this—the the heartbreak, the surrender, all that stuff—that was about five years ago now. So, I'm in a a different place physically. I ended up moving to Nashville, like right thereafter. I felt like God told me to to pick up and move to Nashville, and I'm in a totally different place spiritually because whether it's me as a man or as an athlete, I, I just had a lot of bad habits. I truly believe that there was a lot of things within my control that really aren't. And you talked about it a couple minutes ago, like the end of your rope. That's so biblical. And sometimes it's forced upon you. Sometimes you're able to choose it. Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's exactly what you're talking about. And that doesn't mean you have to become a martyr like Paul. Like that can be a choice. You can choose that today. Lord, I am losing my life for you. Here it is. And whatever you give back to me in terms of good things or dreams that I had, awesome. But you're in control. You're the quarterback of my life. I say yes. So in terms of where I am now, it's just a daily walk with him. He's becoming more and more uh, my delight. Um, all the things that I used to want or used to be fulfilled by or the things that I used to chase, which let's just call it like the big league dream or whatever it is. They seem so small now because now I've I, I've tasted the goodness of God. It's like, well, that that's way better way better. I just want more of that. God, just give me more of you, please. More, more, more. And so spending time in his word, being around fellow Christians, believers. Um, my, I, I've seen my friend group change and I just enjoy life more. I can't see as far out. Like I'm, I'm basically just, all right, Lord, what do you have for me today? Maybe I can kind of faintly see tomorrow, but it's certainly not. Hey, here's my, here's my grand 10 year plan. It's like, Lord, I will do whatever you say. And I trust that you're going to get me where you want me to go. We all have good works prepared in advance for us. I'm done swimming upstream. I'm on board. Love it. All right. So let's talk about, well, let's talk about the book first. Let's do, let's talk about that. So led you on this journey of, you know, baseball player, businessman. Now you're an author and a speaker. Tell us a little bit about this book. 
Yeah. So in baseball, we have this phrase, hurry up and wait. There's just, <laughs> there's a ton of downtime. You have, you know, rain delays and all this time that you spend in the clubhouse and all that. So I was a big reader for a long time. It was very nonfiction focused, which is like, you know, how to make my business better, how to make my pitching better mindset, the whole deal. And so after moving to Nashville, I had a couple of friends recommend, Hey man, you need to get into fiction a little bit. You need to, you need to lighten up. You need, let's, let's soften these edges. Let's talk about story a little bit. And I, I resisted that for a couple of years. Eventually I broke and started reading fiction and it just opened up a whole new world to me because I, as the the athlete who was always so driven, first one in, last one out, I saw that as a waste of time. Like if I'm reading a book just for enjoyment, what a waste. Like those are six wasted hours reading a book. And the only agenda is to have fun or to enjoy. And that's not biblical either. Like I was, I was very, very Martha, very Martha in terms of my mindset. Like I was busy over much serving and Mary was the one that was praised. It's like Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the good thing. Yes. So we Uh just need a little bit more. And I know this, like you're, you're a businesswoman. you're running a business focused podcast. The whoever's listening to this is probably more Martha than Mary by nature. Yet. I mean, the, the word tells us to, to allow ourselves to enjoy. And so bringing it back to the book, the book's called our heart's desire, how our stories reveal the thing we want most. And what I did is I basically told the story of scripture through pop culture references. So I'll take like 13 going on 30 or the hunger games, or I talk about Rachel and Ross in friends, like their back and forth dynamic. She loves me. She loves me not just to help the, you know, help the reader understand our desire Like the reason why we tune into those stories is not because, oh, it's the matrix. I love CGI. Like we have this story written on our heart, the hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved, paradise lost, paradise restored. We see those things as objectively right. And so we keep telling that story over and over again. There's these little archetypes, these little snippets in our favorite stories where we put a different face on it each and every time. But if you zoom out, it's just the story of scripture. Like it, it is the story that our hearts are crying for. And even if like, I know, you know, we're Christians listening to, to this show and you and I both, even outside of the church, you look at the stories that we're telling, or even the social causes that people are going after. What are we trying to do? We're trying to restore Eden. Like we just want to live in a perfect place. We want to live in a perfect place with perfect relationships as defined by us. That's where we err. Then if you look at the Bible, the story that God is writing, like we we just need to zoom out. What does the Bible say? God wants that exact same thing. The Bible promises we will have that Eden. That's God's entire aim. God made an awesome place for us. Man ruined it then God has been telling this amazing redemption story with the end of, yeah, and I'm going to fix everything. You guys don't deserve it. You guys were born haters and rebels. And I'm going to make all things new and we're going to enjoy him forever. That is what we're 
longing for. So like when we see Katniss Everdeen volunteer tribute and we're like, oh, what an amazing moment of self-sacrifice and courage and heroism. It's like, guys, we love that because that's Christ. Like it is hardwired into our DNA to recognize that moment, to long for that moment and to tell it over and over and over again. That's the gospel. So my book, Our Heart's Desire, was just helping people to understand. And even on the intro of your show, you talk about, hey, if your heart's desire is to know Jesus, it's like, yes, that that's what we desire. That's the longing of our heart, just to know him. And so to help people, I, I basically just translated uh, Hollywood into the Bible or vice versa to help you understand like, no, like there's an ember in you that you're you're dying to set a blaze. So good. And I think when you become more aware of God, right? It's like you were doing your life, you were doing your life and God was there kind of in the back, you know, the back burner thing. But when you're more aware of God, you see God in everything. And so I love that. I love that you have taken things that we can relate to as people and really show us how the Lord is in that. When you had mentioned going from, I can, and I'm sure many women can relate to this who listen to the show and guys, hi guys, you're, you might be here too. Um, that as business minded people and driven and, you know, we can take all the, you know, the high achieving, all those things, there's all underlying, you know, reasons of why we're those that way. But the reading fiction versus nonfiction, that was me forever. And I remember a coach asked me, Heather, what do you do for fun? And I, and I broke down on a coaching call with her. This was years ago. That is such a hard question. I could not answer. Totally. I could not I answer for years. Yeah. And I thought like kind of what you were saying about, oh, if I read nonfiction or if I read fiction, that's kind of a waste of life. You know, for me, it was if I watch shows. So I, I would, I was the girl who would judge people who'd be like, what's the, what's the newest Netflix thing you're binging? And I would scroll and I'm like, oh, you know, the, the thoughts would come. They're lazy. They have no life. They have no ambitions. Right. And the Lord totally like was like, wait a second, you know, you don't even know how to have fun. You don't even know how to relax. You don't even know how to enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? And so it's like, we're always, because those of us who are go-getters and we want the next level, it's always dangling that carrot. Like you can have more, you can have more, you can have more. And so we really have a hard time relaxing and enjoying life and, and having fun and it not all being serious. So I love that you brought that up and I love how you've taken culture and like that pop culture and really show there is a story woven and it's the redemption of the, of Jesus, and what he has come to do and what God's original plan has always been so, so good. So if you need, so technically what, so this really, what is this? It's, it is technically a nonfiction book, right? Um, but oh, you're yeah. bringing in like yeah. the fiction and, and mar- marrying those two together. I love it. So first of all, go get your copy of the book. Um, and I want to talk about your podcast. I want to talk about Great. that. Too. Yeah. So, so tell it, so it's called that singles show. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I was running a solo podcast for, it was just a short season, kind of like a proof of concept thing that was on singleness and basically like a, a a preamble maybe to marriage. Cause I'm not married. I would never speak to, Hey, like, this is what I think. I don't, I don't know, but I do know about singleness. I practice it every day. So I was running, you know, that solo podcast. And then I actually met my co-host currently, your name's Kelly Corday, longtime radio personality. She's the voice of the GMA Dove Awards. And mm. so, so she was here in Nashville 
going to my church. She had heard my podcast and then I was introduced to her. She's like, Hey, I've been thinking about doing a singles podcast because her husband had actually passed of cancer is now six or seven years ago, but that was something she had grieved. And she's like, you know, I think I can really help people like me that are, you know, newly single. It's like, great. So we, we sat down, we kind of, you know, we did the story brand on, on the podcast. Like here's what we're, what we're talking about. And we ended up launching the show because we just saw, a we saw a gap in our local church and living in Nashville. I mean, there's a ton of people that are just flooding to this city mm-hmm. that are young, single, hungry for the Lord. And we just saw a gap there. And we did say on the front end, like if this becomes the how to find a spouse in 30 day show, like we are out. That's not what we're doing here. Cause I think about what Paul says in first Corinthians seven, Paul who died single, he literally says in first Corinthians seven to those who are single, if I had it my way, you would remain that way. It's not a command. Like he doesn't say you have to do this. He says, if you're burning with passion, by all means get married. But if you are single, then you can be wholeheartedly devoted to God. Whereas if you get married, you will have worldly trouble. And that doesn't mean it's more righteous or more more holy to be single. He gives the same exhortation to those who are married. He says, husbands, to those who have wives, act as if you had none, for the time is short. That doesn't mean you, you know, that doesn't mean you look around at other women, like act as if you had none. No, like it's, it's God first. It's, it's the same command, whether you're single or married. So Kelly and I started this show and it's been about a year and a half. Now it's sponsored by KCBI radio in Dallas, where uh, Kelly has since moved to. And it's just, we just saw a gap. Hopefully it provides, you know, a very small ministry to those who are looking for it. And it's been it's been really eye-opening for me because some people, myself included, I'm sure I've fallen into the trap of thinking that singleness is some sort of curse or prison or whatever. That's not true. The grass isn't greener. It's just different. Like there's blessings in singleness. There's blessings in marriage. And if that is your story, if you eventually get married, you want to take advantage of the blessings in both. Like for me personally, I, uh, you know, I work in a sales job. I'm a, a sales director of a company here in Nashville, manage a team. I have my own sales that we need to, you know, handle. I have a, a book launch, a podcast. Like I'm, I'm pretty busy. Would I like to have somebody? Absolutely. But as I look at this book, like it's taken me two and a half years to get it to market. I don't think the second book will take as long just because I won't have the learning curve, but I had, there was a number of times where I'm sitting here at my desk late nights thinking, I'm so happy I'm single. Like there, there is a little longing in me, but this two and a half year project would take five years if I was busy out having fun all the time. Like there, there's a season for everything. And so if God has good works prepared for me, this book being one of them, I, I just want to be obedient in that. So I don't want to go to him in prayer, grumbling like, Oh Lord, how could you curse me with all this time to serve you? <laughs> you know, there's just, there's good to be had there. So the, the podcast is just a, a small ministry for 
those who are in that season. I love that. I actually have some really good friends. Obviously I'm married. I have three kids, you know, I'm, I'm in another, and I do have some really good friends of mine, whether it's through divorce or they just have never found the one. Um, and so I know that some people will be really blessed by that show. And I think it's so good. You're right. Every season. And I think sometimes we want the next season so much that we, we don't appreciate and really, like live out in fullness, whatever the season that we currently have. And that's a good reminder, no matter what, no matter what season we're in. All right. So you have, you have the podcast, you are, you have a, you have a job, right? You are, you're very, you know, business-minded entrepreneur. You've got the book um, and you're, you're a speaker. So you did say, you're like, well, I don't really know. I don't really, I don't really know what's ahead, right? I'm just, I'm going day by day, honoring the Lord today, giving him my yesterday. And, and trusting that it's going to be good. So what would you say to the person who is in that in between? Um, and really, I know you're like, your heart is to help people experience and find that joy and that peace and that love that we're all really after. And so I talk a lot about with the brain, you know, the brain science that we're, we're hardwired to be loved to feel safe and to feel valued, like we have worth. And oftentimes we find that, like you said, in baseball, or for me, it was business, or it could be relationships, whether that's friendships, intimate, like all the things, right. Or people's words, all those things. So the person that's in that season of, man, I just want, I want that joy in my life. You know, I don't want it to have to be tied to a thing, or I want that peace in my life. What would you, what would encouraging, where would you, would you say to them? Yeah, I would say just speaking from my own experience, I have found those things and it, it, it comes and goes, right? We're humans, like you have a bad day, somebody cuts you off and you like, you lose that joy in the moment. So I'm not saying it's forever and always, but I have found those things in God. That, that, that's the entire point. That's what God wants Mm -hmm. for us. That's what God wants from us. So if you're married, you know, you, you find that joy in your spouse on occasion, right? But not not to the ultimate degree. Like you listen to anybody that's married or anybody that's super fulfilled in their job. It's it's never enough. And the thing is, it's not meant to be enough. Mm, and good. one of the one of the main reasons why I wrote this book is I, I said that I went to a Christian middle school, Christian high school. I actually grew up Lutheran. So it was just heavy doctrine. It was scripture, which nothing wrong with that. That, that is where you start. Like, you know, the, the Holy spirit will never contradict the word. So you got to know the word. Otherwise you're just chasing thoughts and feelings and all that stuff. So like, by all means start with the word, but in terms of hearing God's voice and things like that, we just didn't really discuss it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It was father, son, and Holy Bible. There wasn't the Holy spirit to be talked to. I love that. Yes. I can relate very much. I'm like, wait, what is this third the Holy Spirit. Oh 100%. yeah. That's the gift that Jesus said for us. That's the thing that Jesus said, I'm going back. So you, I'm going to give you a better gift. Right. And it's, it is depending on which denomination, right. It depends on how much you actually know. And that's what we need. Right. We need so that. So I, I wrote this book in large part to help people understand that there are little whispers that they're hearing or longings in their heart that are already there. And so somebody might be going through life like, oh man, I have these friends that are just super Christians. Uh, It's like they have God on speed dial and they hear from him all the time. And I don't experience that. And I wrote this book, hopefully to help people start to see, no, but like you, you totally do. 
one yes. avenue, and it's not the only one, but one avenue is through stories, like the stories that you enjoy. I had this, it, it's funny, we're, you know, we just had the the holiday season, right? I had this experience, it was a couple of years ago now. I was in California with my family. We're watching a Christmas movie. Have you ever seen Jingle All the Way with Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Like, just such a dumb Christmas movie. It's definitely not on the Mount Rushmore of like how the Grinch stole Christmas and Home Alone. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Christmas movie. And so we're watching this as a family. And if you haven't seen it, like, sorry for the spoiler alert, but he, you know, he's this workaholic dad and his son is just like, he just wants to connect with his dad and his son. He wants the superhero, you know, doll for Christmas, whatever. By the end of the movie, it turns out that Arnold Schwarzenegger is that superhero, like in this massive parade. And the kid is just so moved. It's like, I, I, my, my dad is a superhero. And I remember I'm watching that movie with, with my family. And I literally started like tearing up in our, in our family room. I'm like, Bob, you need to, you need to clean it up. Like th- this is a Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Like we, this, this is, we cannot tell anybody about this, but what I realized in that moment, it had nothing to do with the Christmas movie. It had nothing to do with Arnold. That was my longing for, I want to see that in my heavenly father. I want to have that connection. I, I believe it is hardwired into us to want that connection and to, to desire power and goodness and everything that this little boy saw in his dad in that moment. And so if I bring it back to the book, I'm starting to have those moments all the time where I watch the Hunger Games or the Matrix or whatever, Saving Private Ryan. And I see these moments and you like we all feel it coming out of movies like, oh, that just that nailed it. Starting to define what the it is. Like, what am I really, what am I longing for? Goodness, eternal love, perfection, a loving father, all these things. So they're helping me to understand, okay, yeah, I love God and I want to know him. I want to be with him forever. And so I, as somebody who loves stories, that that has just been one of many avenues that I've experienced him. And that's the purpose of the book, to help open people's eyes to hopefully experience the same thing. It doesn't have to be jingle all the way with Arnold, but you know, I, I want people to experience God. Love it. And I think, yeah, it's, it's being aware. And I know when I went from that change from the relation, right, religion to relationship, the, the yep. rules and the, like you mentioned, the check, I checked the box. I did all the things right. Uh, but I didn't really have that intimate relationship and that back and forth. And then it was, how do they hear from God? And I think so many, so I know a lot of the women I work with will relate to that. And it's recognizing God is in everything because God's created everything. And so I absolutely, I love your heart. I, 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 I know why God said, yeah, tell him yes. Sure. We'll do the podcast. It'll be maybe awkward for you. And it hasn't been, by the way, it's been totally awesome. I am so excited for you and um, go and get your copy of our heart's desire. Go check out Bob on all the social media channels. We'll link all your stuff below your website, all your social media channels. But, you know, I think too, um, as a woman, I have definitely like, I only work with women, you know, and, and I, I think there's beauty in that. And I think, you know, there's, there's, 
all kinds of, whether it's boundaries or whatever. However, I know that the Lord, I, I just think corporately, God is doing something in this season and he is really encouraging the body of Christ to work together, to collaborate, to connect. And so this is just perfect timing for us to connect and to share you with, um, with all the people who listen to this show. But, um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I wish you the best with your launch and all the things. So we'll be staying in touch to watch what, what watch what God's doing. So I do have to ask you, and I think you already said this because I know I've got ladies that are going to be like, is he still single? Cause I'm going to go find him and I'm going to go. So you are single. You, you really, you really are now. Yeah. And I talk about that in the first chapter of the book, part of my surrender to him five years ago, I feel like included that because I was basically on the one yard line uh, to engagement. If I threw, if I threw baseballs faster, I would have got a bigger signing bonus, afforded a ring and probably proposed. So Mm. I just, you know, I was enthralled with this girl, but I felt like part of that surrender was even my, my relationships. And so I've been single for, you know, five years now. I don't think it's a singleness forever thing. Like Paul, first Corinthians seven says, if you have this gift, I don't know if I have that gift. I want to be married, but it's been something that is in God's hands, not mine. So basically I just, you know, I'm, I'm just in a holding pattern when it comes to that. And it's been, it's been testing in some ways, but other ways it's been an extreme blessing because when we get to heaven, we're all single. That's right. So this this is just good practice, but yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'll be following along. I think you're awesome. And I just, um, just bless you and your business and whatever God's doing in your life. So thanks so much for hanging out. Awesome. Thanks for having me on.